Marriage is amazing. We take two people from two very different backgrounds with very different personalities, and we bring them together. And in marriage, they unite as one. And though there are going to be so many amazing moments when you think things are going to be great forever, reality sets in and you start to see some of these differences come to the surface. Now, sometimes these differences can create conflict. And when conflict goes unresolved, it can ruin a relationship and marriage for good. But marriage will always require work. As with anything else in life, it's something that you need to be intentional about. It's about understanding that you will always be two different people who choose to come together to build a family, knowing that you're going to need to do some personal work to get the kind of relationship that leaves room for growth and love. In this episode, Tony DiLorenzo comes back to the Dad's Making a Difference podcast a second time to talk about the factors that impact conflict resolution in a couple's marriage. Tony and his wife, Elisa, are marriage experts. They host the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast, the largest podcast for married couples on Apple iTunes. He is also a coach, an author, and a speaker. And I am proud to have him back a second time to talk about how to handle conflicts in marriage. Here's my conversation with Tony DiLorenzo. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Tony, welcome back to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. I'm jacked to have you on. I love that this is your second appearance. I don't get to do this very often. Well, I'm excited to be here and to uh, be appearing again. I, I think when we first started, you said I was the first one to, to make a, a second appearance. So I take that as a really good sign that uh, we're going to impact some lives today. Absolutely. You know, when you were on, and if you're listening to this, Tony was our guest on episode 23. and We dove into... Uh, you're in Lisa's book, you know, Six Pillars yes. of Intimacy. So what I want you to do if you're listening to this or watching this right now is you're going to listen to this amazing conversation and then you're going to go back and you're going to listen to episode 23. Uh, the first time I got to speak with Tony because yeah. that conversation in itself, like so much positive feedback from dads, especially about, you know, those six pillars of intimacy and how they can step it up a little bit in their marriage. Yeah. And you challenged us. I have to tell you, you challenged me and it's been fantastic for Kim Good. and I going through that. And I want to thank you for that and take a moment to do that because I appreciate you. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. You know, here at One Extraordinary Marriage, our mission is impact one marriage and it's impact mar one marriage every day. That's what Elise and I wake up to thinking. It's what I share with our team all the time. And so you sharing that with me it is awesome. And I'll let the team know that like, Hey, when I did that interview, like even my assistant booking that, making that happen, it's like letting her know, like, Hey, by you doing that, we impacted a marriage. So thank you. Of course, of course. And, you know, I've been following, you know, you and Elisa's journey for a while and the one extraordinary marriage. And we we're talking right before this, you got a lot of stuff on the go and we're going to dive in uh, just so you're listening, brand new book. Yes. Oh, and we're going to dive into that. But you have a lot of things that you're working on right now. But one of the things I saw is you did a couple's retreat, an event in Mexico. 
I yes. know you're you're likely to have one of these in the future. And so people yes. might want some time to plan, but would you mind sharing a little bit about what that looked like? Oh yeah. We took 24 couples, so 48 folks down to Cancun, Mexico, yeah. uh, mid-April, and we had a blast. It was five days, four nights, all-inclusive resort. And it was wonderful. It was the inaugural one. It's the first one we've ever put on multi-day, but it was so amazing. We had couples anywhere from a year married all the way to 40 and a half years married. Oh, wow. So we had a wide range. A lot of folks were in that 20 to 30 year marriage, you know, sort of in that range. But we also had a good group of folks who are like five to 10 years married as well, five to 15 years married. And so Elisa and I put on this event because we were thinking about what would be the most excellent, amazing marriage getaway we would want to go to. And it's one where we get to meet new people. We get to have a lot of fun, have a lot of free time, hang out by the pool, hang out at the beach, sit in the water. And yet at the same time, get some learning, get some teaching, get some understanding around the six pillars of intimacy, but also being impacted. And so that was our idea. And I feel like we did an amazing job on our exit survey. The majority of folks gave us a five. We got a couple of fours in there. I feel like out of a one to five, which was our scale, that's what we wanted. And so, yes, we are going to be doing one in 2024. Um, and we're planning that right now because we are excited to hang out with everybody again in the one family and get to know more people. It really, at the end of the day, it was like getting to meet some of the most amazing people who now like I'm conversing with them via text, getting to know them, talking to them, just jumping on the phone. And so that's been really, really uh, impactful for me. And I know for them as well. Amazing. Knocked it out of the park. Yes. I, yes. I know I was following along on Facebook and seeing the posts and it just looked amazing. And you mentioned a couple of things just now that I want to revisit because there might be people who are listening to this right now who didn't hear episode 23, which by the way, you're going to go listen to after this conversation. Yes. Uh, but let's talk about one extraordinary marriage. Let's talk about you and Elise and the mission that you're on and mm -hmm. uh, six pillars of intimacy. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us what is one extraordinary marriage? So here at One Extraordinary Marriage, our, our tagline is sex, love, and commitment. Mm. We're going to be, we're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about that love, but we're also going to talk about what it means to stay committed in a marriage. Elisa and I have been married 26 years. We've known each other 29 years at this point of this recording. I have two children. One is 20, one is 17. So one is out of the house. One is almost out of the house. Wow. So we've done life. And one of the big things that we're all about here is being open, honest, and transparent. So every week for the last 13 years, we've gone behind our microphones at the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, and we've shared life. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it in between, whatever it may be, we step into it. And it's really to share with others that, you know what, we're, we're all wanting to be and have this extraordinary marriage. And yet there are times when we go through seasons when we don't we're not there. And yet we can still step into it. We can still be intentional. We can still take action. And we keep walking out this journey. It's that commitment part day after day, day after day, year after year, year after year. So that way we can have the extraordinary marriage. I've been married, like I said, 26 years. I love my beautiful wife, Elisa, more than ever. We've put in the time, we put in the work, but even with us doing what we do, we still stumble. We still fall. We still have to grab each other's hands and remind each other why we're doing what we do in our marriage, just even personally in our marriage, why we're doing what we do and what we want to 
what our vision is, what our dreams are as a couple. Um, so yeah, so that all sort of mixes into what One Extraordinary Marriage is as well. And what I love about it, guys, if you're listening to this, is Tony and Lisa, they lead by example. And they lead by example, not only in, I call it the insta-filter way, where everything looks great and look what we do, but they lead by example when it gets hard. And life's yeah. in the trenches and you're drudging through, but you're putting the work in and you're navigating the tough things that might come up in life. And if you're listening to this right now, like Tony and Elisa, he, he mentioned, hey, they have another getaway coming up 2024. And you're like, wow, that's a long way away. Well, here's why. It's because here's a guy that you're listening to right now, Tony and Elisa, for sure, who put in the work and they put in the preparation and everything is so thought out. And I appreciate yeah. about that about you and your message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that brings you. Me, yeah, and, that, and that brings me to the new book because everything's so thought out. And sometimes you'll see authors just pump out book after book after book. And it's like, hey, you have a new book? You just launched one last month. But this is a new book that has taken time, dedication, yeah. and leading by example, highs yeah. and lows. And the book is Six Pillars of Intimacy, Conflict Resolution. I'm yeah. excited about it. Tell me and share with us why this book and why now? So conflict is something I think all of us have dealt with. doesn't matter if it's within the marriage, uh, as a dad, like you may have had conflict with your children um, and they could be at any age. Again, I told, I said, I have a 20 and a 17 year old. There is conflict that arises and Elisa and I in our own marriage have dealt with conflict in different ways over the years. For the last 10 years, Elisa has been coaching. And really this came from her heart and her coaching clients. Elisa, many of her coaching clients come to her not because their marriage is in the best place. It's usually because it's in a place of conflict, disarray, pillars are cracked. They're, they're like, what's going on? Are we even going to stay together? And so for many years, Elisa has worked with her clients and going, okay, there's conflict. There's perception, even like our expectations and our perception of what's happening. And there's this conflict because they're not, they're colliding. They're not working the way we want them to. And so Elisa's worked with hundreds of couples, hundreds and hundreds of couples of just like, what does this look like? What are you going through? And finally, she just, after the initial Six Pillars of Intimacy book came out, she's like, this is the next one I want to write because I know it's going to unlock couples to see and understand the conflict cycle and how they can break it. And that's how it came about. And a lot of it is our own stories and what we've experienced in our own marriage and how we've worked through that conflict cycle and gotten it from where we would be in conflict for days, maybe a week. And now we've taken that down to maybe an hour or two hours. We can resolve the conflict and we can move on with our our merry way so we can live out the vision and dreams we have for our marriage. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, reading through this book, I love the way it was set up because you mentioned Lisa wrote this book. It's from her heart and, and she shares so much knowledge in this book and walking through these different steps of conflict and then you get to the conflict cycle. But I also, as a dad, as a husband, you know, reading this book, I appreciated the little sections of Tony's thoughts. Yeah. Because here's the book. I'll, yeah, there here's it is. the book. And then, and then Tony's thoughts are always the best part. I, I, I really think they are the best part. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but here's, here's why I like it. And here's why it is one of the best parts. There's a lot of times we'll, we'll get a book and we're just ingesting knowledge, right? And we're just ingesting knowledge. We're seeking out information. 
And Elisa presents it in such a digestible way where it's applicable. And then there's a time when you're reading it where you would wonder, okay, this sounds really good. And this sounds hard in times, but they made it through. I wonder what Tony actually thinks about this. You know, like I wonder his perspective. And boom, there it is. Flip the page, Tony's thoughts. And you dive in. And one thing I wanted to ask you about that I I think is really important because there's guys listening to this with different contexts, different walks of life, different socioeconomic background, whatever it has. Um, You mentioned in the book, like your background and Elisa's background were very different. Mm -hmm. So how did, can you share a little bit about your background growing up and how that shaped how you view conflict? Yes. So let's talk about Elisa's side first, and I'll bring up my side. So yeah, Elisa's folks, because we talk about that family of origin, and that's how we we learn how to do this dance in other relationships, especially in our marital relationship, because we'll see our parents, or maybe we'll see an, an aunt and an uncle if they if they raised you, but you see some sort of parental figures and how they're arguing or how they do conflict. And so for Elisa, her dad would get upset. He would raise his voice. He would do, he would do something, be it verbal or nonverbal, towards mom, and and I call him mom and dad. So, yeah, bear with me there. Um, and mom would retreat. She would shut down, and she would just leave the conversation until she felt like it was time for her to come back into the family. So Lisa saw that. I come from a large Italian family and we would get together, especially with my dad and his brothers and my aunts and my cousin and my nunna and everything. And we would sit around tables and we would have these amazing meals and everybody would just be sitting there talking. And then before you know it, the volume just gets up and it's going louder. Hey, what are you doing over here? And and it's just, they're starting to speak in Italian and they're getting, they're just getting excited and you can tell they're getting mad. And yet they're working through their stuff. And so by the end of the evening, especially in Italian families, when older folks would walk in, aunts and uncles, you always gave them a kiss and a hug. And you said, hey, I love you. You see them, you give them a kiss on the cheeks. And by the end of the evening, after all this would go on, you'd still give everybody a hug and a kiss and you'd say goodnight. And so that's the way I saw it. And so when those two collide, Elise and I colliding, You can only imagine what could happen when all of a sudden I start raising my voice thinking we're going to have some conversation, but by the end of the evening, we're going to still give each other a kiss and we're going to go to bed. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. You're raising your voice at me. I'm out of this. Yeah. Like I'm checking out. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. And that caused, that caused frustration on both of our sides because we didn't understand that family of origin and how it was really impacting our marriage and, and one another. How'd you come to that realization? Because I'm just thinking about my own context. I'm not being selfish here, but you know, Kim and I come from different family of origin when we think about that. And in the book I was reading through and I'm sitting on the deck and I'm reading it out loud, some sections to Kim. And she's like, this makes so much sense. We, we address conflict. I think maybe we should go back and define conflict, but we address conflict differently. And it just helped us frame like, Oh, wait a second. That's why Maybe I walk away. That's maybe that's why I, I try to remove myself. When you when did you come to this realization? Because this is probably something that took some work to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I want to say it was like around year seven. Okay. This had been 
continuing to happen. And I remember, and Elisa does too, we were sitting in our living room and she was on the couch and I saw her doing this. And I was like, eventually at that point in time, I was like, Elisa, you cannot just shut down anymore. Like mm-hmm. there has to be an understanding of what's going on. And I think that was the first recollection that I had of us really confronting how we were, how we were stopping or how we were just going through the motions right. when conflict arose. Yeah. And that was the first, I mean, recollect, like I said, of what happened from that stage to where we are now, there have been many, many steps and yeah. realizing that, wow, we need to continuously work on each other and, and, and then on ourselves. Like, I don't need to raise my voice every time I have an argument. Like I had right, to right. learn that too. That's a skill development in emotional intimacy, communication, verbal, nonverbal communication. And so, Hey, when I'm talking to her, how am I, what is my tone? What is my timing? How am I presenting this to her? So that way she's more receptive instead of me just like coming down on her and then her fleeing away right. or freezing, right. you know? Um, let's, let's go back to conflict just for a moment. I think it's important. What, when we're addressing conflict and you're addressing conflict in the book and conflict resolution, what are some examples that a married couple could face? Examples of conflict. Gosh, man, overspending, mm. you know, let, let, let's even look at the, let's look at, let's look at all the, let's look at all six pillars of intimacy and, and let's just hit each one to see, to help people sort of like put some things around it. Um, conflict, emotional intimacy it could be that you are texting somebody and completely ignoring your spouse. Now the text may be important. And yet your spouse is trying to say something to you and that can create, right? We're, we're on our devices. Yeah. It's, it's taken my attention. So yeah. that can create conflict, physical intimacy, non-sexual touch, mm-hmm. right? How does that, how do we have conflict there? Maybe there's too much touch. I remember having this as a young married man. And even as an, as an older guy, as I was learning, like I would just come up and I thought it was okay for me to just grab Elisa's butt or grab her breasts and be like, what? Like we're married. It's okay. Yeah. That causes conflict. On the other side of it is we're not getting enough of it. Right. Financial intimacy, hey, spending too much, hiding money, whatever it may be going on there. Spiritual intimacy, we could have conflict there because you want to go attend one church. I want to attend another church. Maybe we're both living out our, our faith together and now one of you doesn't. Mm-hmm. That recreational intimacy, that's our activities, our fun that we do together. Maybe it's the... I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? As we're sitting in the car, we're paying for a babysitter and we're like, there's conflict. Yeah. Sexual yeah. intimacy. I mean, it can be anything from not initiating, not knowing how to, how to, you know, um, enjoy foreplay together, how to get each other aroused, or even it could come just around sexual intercourse of just there's conflict because I want you to try a new position and you don't want to try a new position. Mm-hmm. And that can go either way. So if you look at all six of those, we can have conflicts in many different ways. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now and not, if at least two of the things that Tony just said didn't stick with you and you had an aha moment in your head, um, you're lying to yourself because you're, you're giving examples. And I'm just like, in the last seven days, I could pick two things out of what you just gave that were applicable to me. 
and Kim in our relationship. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, and, and I want to say every single one of those, those come yeah. from like Tony and Elisa's life. Yeah. Those aren't real. just made up high. Well, whatever. No, those all come from times in our lives and in our marriage that we have had to face. Yeah. Can I give you an example? Last night. Yeah. Last night. Uh, for a long time, my wife and I, we would let the kids just stay home and we would take our dog for a walk. And it yeah. was 45 minutes to an hour. We just got to talk. So we're moving, we're getting out, we're doing this. And we had that. And yesterday, my wife was like, hey, do you want to take the dog for a walk? I was like 845. I'm like, no, not really. And I could see in her face where she's like, what, you're just going to sit there? Like, like immediately just went to this place. And I remembered, okay, it's not about me not going. It's about what this symbolizes and that it's our time together. And so there's the physical part. There's the emotional part. You know, we hold hands while we walk and she loves yeah. doing that. So there's the physical touch, part, physical intimacy. So guys, this is so good. Like this, this yeah. book is gold. I got to tell you, there's so many takeaways and, and applicable things in this. Um, but like I said, I want to say something there. Yeah, probably yeah. The there may have been conflict or may have, it may have happened was because of her tone and maybe even the timing, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Because the way she presented it and you're looking also at timing, it's like, wow, it's 845, honey. Like yeah, I'm sort of chilling and I got a full <laughs> day tomorrow. So I'm like, so, you know, those things, when you start to think about them, it just gives you some perspective to go, okay, got it. How am I, how do I want to respond? Do we always do it perfectly? Absolutely not. There are still times that I mess up and I have to come back or Elisa does and she comes back and we have to apologize and just go, Hey man, I was in a space. I didn't respond as I, as I should have. And I could have, and yet let me make it up to you. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, whatever that may look like for, for a couple. Um, but it, it happens. We're human. We're growing. We're learning. And so that's where this book comes in to put that in people's hands so that they can look at this as it, you've had and been able to go, aha, okay. Yeah. And I love that about this. I love there's so many aha moments because too often we just, like I said, we just gather information and we just look and we're looking for the roadmap, the quick, fi the quick fix, the to-do list of how to fix this relationship. But this book is just full of aha moments where it's practical and you can actually see yourself in the words and you're like, oh yeah, mm. this is real life. And so that's why I think it's so valuable. And, and that brings me to my next question because there's a yeah. section in there and I felt it was, when I read it, it was the most impactful section to me. And it's the section, uh, know thyself first. And it made me, man, I had to be really introspective in going through this chapter because I found it to be challenging to me. And actually I questioned myself and the role that I would play in the conflict in our home and the conflict in our marriage. And it, it was, is very good. I, I grew through it. We're committed to growth here. Yes. I grew through that. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men. To be, dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. 
If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Like, Why is that such an important piece of conflict resolution is knowing thyself first? Well, because when we know how we're going to react to stuff, we begin to, we're able to put our best self forward. Like we, we, we calm down, we breathe, we, we, we stop in the moment instead of overreacting. Um, and I have found that for myself and for Elisa, when we have known what may hit us quickly or trigger us or may go, oh, wow, where we used to want to come back and be defensive or give some quick input, we can sit back a little bit and go, well, hold up. What do you mean by that? What are you saying? Because I'm not clearly hearing you. Um, what my what my perception is or what you're saying to me, I'm taking differently. So I know myself first. I know thyself first is easy to just be able to go, okay, do I need to ask more questions? Like, what did I used to do? I used to just get mad. I would I would flare up. I wouldn't want to know her opinion and I would talk over her because I didn't want her to say anything. So for myself, I had to learn to just go, okay, hold on. What do you mean, Elisa? Because perception is reality, except when there are different expectations thrown in. And so when you get clarity, you can then be able to go, ah, we're almost in the same spot where I thought we were like, way far apart. We're like really like a degree away from one another. Yeah. So let's just talk this through and we can just move on with our lives real quick here. So that's, that's cool. And it ties in to what you shared about, you know, your family of origin and how you experienced conflict, maybe when you were growing up and how that impacts you now. And then you know yourself thyself first and how you would respond and at least outlines like just four ways that you can really engage in conflict. Yeah. Um, do you mind describing those? I, I think they're fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Yes. So fight, you know, we're going to go after it, mm. right? Like I, I want, I want to make sure I'm getting every word in. I want to make sure you understand that. Hey, I want to get this. I want to get this argument done now. I'm going to, I'm going to, that was me. Like I would just press in. I'm like, we're, we're going to get this done now, Lisa, where Lisa was. She was a, a, a flight slash freeze. Like mm. she would freeze in the moment, but she would also fly. Like she would like get away from it. Like freeze is usually somebody just sits there and will just take it. Right. Um, and they'll just sort of nod their head. I think we've all seen this before. We're just like blank stares. Masks have gone up. Walls are way up. You're not breaking through and you can say everything you want. They're checked out. They're just like, they're an iceberg. They're not moving. They're sort of just chilling. Flight is you're getting away. Mm. Like, and I've been in this position as well. You can do different ones. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm this and that's all I've done. I remember being in an argument with Elisa when the kiddos were young and I was so frustrated. This is the only time I've ever, I've done it to this extent, but I was so frustrated. I was like, I don't remember what it was, but all I remember is like, I'm out of here. And I just got in the car and I drove for like two hours, just up and down the coast. <laughs> I've done that at other times, not to that extent, but where it's just like, I got to get away. I need to get outside. I need to 
two different places. So that's that's your flight, your freeze. Obviously, you're just you're an iceberg. And then your fawn is it's almost like appeasing. It's sort of like, okay, uh-huh. Yep. It, because you're sort of like, I hear you, but I really don't give a crap. <laughs> it's sort of that, like, okay, yep. And I think we've all been in those situations where somebody is that there's some conflict going on. Now this can happen in your marriage, but this can also happen with, like I said, your kiddos, this can happen in your workplace. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see the fawners, the fawners are sort of like, Hey, well, everything's okay. And we're going to just, we're going to make it through this, but there's, there's definitely so that underlying tension there um, that we all feel, but they don't want to deal with any of the conflict. They want everybody to just be okay. And they're just going to be like, yay. All right, cool. And then sort of whisk everybody out and be like, good. That was resolved. See you later. Yeah. I want to pause here for a moment and dive into this because I don't want to overgeneralize because I know everybody is different, but speaking from one flight guy to another, uh, where that was originally my thing. It was like, if I got angry, I'd be like really stoic, nothing in my face, grab the truck keys and I'm gone. Okay. I'm going for a drive. I'm out. Yep. Without the preface of, hey, this is really heavy for me right now. I need to take a little bit of time to think about this before I respond. I'm going to go for a drive. I'll be back in half an hour. And then right. let's continue this conversation, which is the healthy way to do it. I used to be like the throw it down, get out of the house and go. Which can cause a lot of concern, right? For your spouse, because they're like, is he coming back? Is he leaving forever? What, like, where did he go? Yeah. yeah. And I remember when Kim and I started dating, man, 20 years ago. (laughs) You know, we started dating 20 years ago. I was a young guy. She was a young girl. And we didn't have the technology to stay in, Mm -hmm. like, we weren't tracking each other on our cell phones or anything like that. So if I got, I left, I left for an hour and a half or two hours. And she was really worried. And like, she's like, where did he go? What is he up to? Uh, I've spoken to a lot of guys, Tony, who are flight guys. Mm-hmm. And I think what helped me overcome that was taking a step back and being a little bit more vulnerable and open and honest. And that was hard for me to do. It took a long time. For you as a flight guy, how did you get out of that? So that's not my normal stance. Okay. What I will say for flight guys, it's and for folks who are flight, it's usually that there's a processing. So don't forget, we have those who who are quick to process, and then there are those who are slow to process too. So we also need to throw that in. Right. So if you are a flight type person, it may mean you need time to process your thoughts. Mm. Doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are because Elisa is a processor and she can freeze, but she can also flight. And so, but it's her process time. And what we learned over time with this, because I want to get it done. I'm more the fight guy in my let's normal go. stance. I'm more the fight guy. Like let's, let's get it. Done. Yeah. For Elisa and what I've learned and we both have learned, it's a gift either way. Hmm. The processing allows the one who wants to get it done just a time to just go, okay, getting everything out. Yeah. And then the gift that you give to your spouse, who is a processor is going I know you need to process. And Elisa and I had this, I don't know, a month, six weeks ago. I know you have to process. I, I get it. And yet I need you to give me a time frame when we can come back together to resolve this. Mm. Because the flight type person like yourself is, okay, you're leaving, but are you going to come back 
to this conversation? Are we going to be able to resolve this conversation? What's happening? So somebody like myself, I'm going like, am I going to just be left out in limbo and this will never get resolved? And then so the next time it happens and this is going to happen again, case in point, maybe it's around rejection around your sexual intimacy. Like you're getting rejected, you get rejected, you get rejected and you're like, man, this this isn't cool. Like I need you to give me some feedback. And the one thing I want to say, we're get, we're we're talking a lot about like, hey, this is maybe how you're reacting. This is your your family of origin. These are different ways that you can that you may um, show how you're going to get away from the conflict. Um, one thing I want to say is that we can all learn. We can all grow. This is all skill set. Elisa and I have been at this for years. And we continue to get better. We continue to learn. We can continue to grow closer and connected because we do it. And I do believe that we can change who we are by being intentional and taking action. Mm-hmm. I'm not my. I'm not my dad. Yeah. My dad would blow up. He would say stuff. He would do stuff. Love the man. Um, but I'm not my dad. I used to try to be him, but I am my own man now. I am my, I am a dad. So how am I going to raise up my children to see something different, to grow differently? So I just want everybody to know that these are skill sets that you can begin to learn and take in, in and practice. And it's a, and it is a practice. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because um, there's another really important part of the book where it stands out that you and Elise have done the work. And you've been through this and you've done this for a long time. And it's, you're never at a point where you have all the answers. It's continued growth. But part of that is, I, is getting to the point where you are having the conversations, you are doing the work, and you start to see the strengths in your spouse. And you start to see these little pieces. Like, you know, Elisa, so well that now when you're face-to-face with conflict, you can navigate it in a way where... You kind of know how it's going to go. It's going to all be okay in the end, right? And how do we start to really identify the strengths in our spouse? And what are the little things that we can do maybe as men to like enter into a conversation that we might be maybe a little bit uncomfortable with or nervous about having? I would think the best way to see those strengths in our spouse, start writing them down. Mm. We, we may know them, but sometimes we got to process them and think about them. So I would highly recommend that you just start writing down, like, what are those strengths you see in your spouse? What is it in her that you're like, wow, that's, that's really amazing. And it may take you some time to even get started. And that's okay. Like it may take you some time to just go, man, I only got one down tonight. Hmm. Great. You got one down that that's a great start, you know? And start looking at, because I think a lot of times we'll look at how our spouse doesn't satisfy us, doesn't please us, isn't doing this the way we thought they should do it. They're not doing that the way we wanted them to do it. And instead looking at them going like, wow, you know, I look at Elisa and I go, which used to drive me mad is she's detail oriented. And it still sometimes can get me a little riled up, but it's a strength of hers. And because of that strength, guess what? There are things that happen in this household because of the strengths she has at being detail-oriented that wouldn't happen if Elisa wasn't in this household. Because I would just be like, I don't know, like, where did that come from? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, And, and so just, just seeing that, you know, 
speaking that into them, even by just writing it down. So the conversation may be getting that going and then just having a conversation with them and just going, hey, I just want to share some things with you that I see in you, the strengths I see in you. That's that's what I would say there. And then what was the second part of that question? Yeah, no, that's great. You, okay. you answered it, you know, okay. being able to see the, the the strengths and then navigating, like starting those conversations with your spouse. And you just said it. You're the yeah, and another person. way to do the start the conversation, that's it. Starting that conversation is listen to the podcast, like listen to our podcast. Yeah. Because it's just a conversation between Elisa and I. So good. And a lot of times what we find in, in folks in the one family will say is, oh, oh, Tony and Elisa were talking about this. And we both listened to it. So it made it easier for us to just start talking about it because one can go, oh, did you hear what Tony said? That's the way I, that's the way I feel. That's the emotion I'm feeling. And it can be the man or the woman, but it helps them to be able to go, oh, okay, I see. Cause I hear how he said that and, and now I can interpret it better. Um, so that's, that's another way that I've heard so many couples that are just like, well, I'm stuck. Okay. Well, we got over 750 episodes. Go pick go. one and, and start there. Yeah. And it's, it really is like sitting at your kitchen table yeah. <laughs> and, the, and listening to the two of you talk. Thank you. That's, a, that's the way we want it to be. We yeah. want it to be real. It's, it was really funny when, you know, we started the, the episode with uh, our trip to Cancun and one of the highest compliments we can get is one, we impacted your marriage. And two is when somebody will come up to us in a live setting and go, you're the same people that I hear every week. So good. I'm like, yeah, like that's, we're Tony and Elisa. Who else? But in today's world where so much, especially behind podcasts and microphones and social media, it's like, this is who I am. This is my persona. And, and but when you meet them, you're like, what are you doing? And yeah. no, it is like to us is we're bringing you into our home. It's why we call our tribe, our audience, the one family, they are family to us. And we believe that we're, we're, we're just speaking to you as if we're friends hanging out and you're just going, Oh, wow. That was, that's what I needed to hear today. Great. That's going to make a difference in my life. Let's go. I love it. Um, I don't want to share the whole book because I think it's really important that people go out and buy it and sure, they, yeah. they, they order this book, but I do want to bring it kind of back to, you said the conflict cycle, you mentioned that yes. earlier. And so here's a book, tons of information, Tony's thoughts, which again, I love them. And it brings it all together in the end. And it walks us through the conflict cycle, mm-hmm. which I, I can tell you what stood out to me. I'm like, you mean this is all predictable? And then <laughs> really, like, yeah. we, too, too often we get into conflict and we're like, I don't know where this is going to go, how this is going to end. But if you have, I love what you say, divorce is not an option. Yeah. And like, that's not going to happen. This conflict is going to end our control in it is like, we're going to take control over this process. Uh, Would you speak to the conflict cycle a little bit? Give us a a brief overview of it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I'm going to be looking down because I'm looking at the cycle here. And so in the book, Elisa outlines the conflict cycle. This is what she's done. This is what she created after working with hundreds and hundreds of her clients. This is what she saw. This is how she would literally in coaching sessions outline it and eventually She was like, this is it. This is what I see. And this is how I see couples resolving it. And so basically the conflict starts. We're having an argument. Dog chewed somebody's shoe. It's your dog, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that's your dog. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Which can impact many areas because now I got to buy a new shoe. Those were my favorite shoes, blah, blah, blah. You, yeah, yeah. you have no compassion for me or you don't care about me because you let the dog in, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is where we're going. It escalates. Hmm. There's escalation somewhere. Now you respond. There's the escalation. Well, no, I didn't. If, you know, had you put your shoes where they were supposed to go, then the dog wouldn't have, wouldn't have chewed it. And there wouldn't have been an issue. Oh, okay. So now there's escalation to this, to this conflict. We hit our boiling point. This is where everything comes to that, where we were talking about the fight, the flight, the freeze, or the fog, right? This is the boiling point because we're there. We're like, what's going to happen? Boom. After that happens, there's a cool down period. We got space. We're not around each other. Maybe we are around each other, but we're not talking to one another. We're not looking at each other in the eyes, cold Mm -hmm. shoulder, whatever it may be. Sort of the, yeah, you can come to bed, but I'm not touching you tonight type stuff. Been there, done that. But there's this cool down period and that that can last for, you know, minutes, hours, that could, that could last for days. It could last for weeks. Like we really mm-hmm. got to cool down. We got to get back. And then we come back to the, the top of the circle, which is that resolution or status quo. Like we actually resolve the issue at hand, the dog chewing the shoe. What was, what was the actual issue that happened? We resolved it or we just go back to status quo and we just sort of go, all right, well, it happened. You deal with it. I'll deal with it. And the next time it happens, we're going to just start over again. Um, and so that's the conflict cycle. When you pick up the book, we do have a free workbook that comes with it. You can opt in, you can grab the workbook. Amazing. Elisa does a training, a video training around that to just help you go, okay, understand it. So you can go through the workbook, work through that and go, all right, what are we doing? How do I, how do I see this? And then together come together and go, all right, how are we going to start making changes to interrupt that conflict cycle? Cause you don't have to go all the way around. That's the beauty of the conflict cycle at every one of those points, you have an opportunity to stop it. So typically you want to stop it right after that, when, when it gets started or the escalation, you, you want to start it there, but even at the boiling point, you can stop it and you can cool down really quickly, or you can get back to a place of like, all right. We, we, we skipped it cool down because we were able to get to resolution quickly. So there are ways that you can look at your conflict cycle and go, we can break this down and use it to our advantage to learn from one another and see what's happening. And instead of doing this over and over and over and over and over again, we can go, no, it's enough. We're going to change our lives. We're going to change our marriage and, and really put this to work in our lives. Amazing. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. Uh, again, that book is The Six Pillars of Intimacy, Conflict Resolution. The Secret to Breaking the Conflict Cycle in Your Marriage. Where can somebody find that book? Yeah, go to conflictresolutionbook.com and you can get the Kindle or paperback book as of this recording. We will be adding other formats in the future, but those are but that's what it's available at this point, conflictresolutionbook.com. Amazing. Tony, I asked you these questions six months ago. Okay. Now I want to ask you this question again, because a lot changes for dads and husbands yeah. in six months. Uh, yeah. What's one area of growth that you're excited about right now as a dad or as a husband that you're diving into? One area of growth. Um, doing a little more traveling with our youngest daughter than we ever did with our oldest. Um, she's more of the traveler and just watching her grow. Um, 
the, the growth for me is seeing her get to a point where she's about to finish up and next year she'll finish up her, her final year of high school and leaving. And she's one who wants to leave. So I am having to um, come to the realization that she is going to leave and that's hard. So I'm growing through that. Uh, she and I tend to have that conflict um, because we're very similar. And so learning, okay, how am I, how am I supporting her in her decisions and what she wants to do instead of trying to hold her back here with, with mom and dad. Um, that's, that's been something I've had to work on. Alisa has talked to me about it. Um, so it, and it impacts both being a dad and a husband because Aliso can get in the middle of us too. So it, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, and I, and I'm excited for her. We, we got, we've done a number of trips with her. She's done a number of trips just on her up by herself. And, uh, we have more planned before she does leave. Amazing. Thanks for peeling back the curtain a bit and being vulnerable yeah. and honest. I appreciate that about you. Absolutely. But- Tony, if somebody wants to find you, wants to find more information about you and Elisa and One Extraordinary Marriage, where can they do that? Yeah, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Or as you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, go to One Extraordinary Marriage Show, uh, search it, and you'll find it. Amazing. Tony, thanks again for being here and being a return guest. Awesome. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. Oh, thank you so much, Cam. Truly, truly an honor and a blessing to be here with you. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.